0: Mm, that's right. Yeah, we are live. I love how that's kind of become just our unofficial theme song, because I just don't turn off the metronome to count in, nope. you know, and you just jam to it. I
1: it's... always drop a beat to it. It's honestly the my favorite part of, like, when we start recording. is like the... One, two, three, four. Uh.
0: Ah, yes. Ah! Now we're making music. That's great. Speaking of music,
1: how about Thomas has come over to my apartment like twice now within like the last like month and we've like just joked around and like made music and now he like wants to make it a thing.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah, no, He used to talk to me about like trying to come over and make music because like I got a I got a setup to do it, you know, Mm -hmm. and I do make a little bit of music. Um, If you want to hear it, go to my Instagram page and there is... (laughs) (laughs) A link to the stories that have links to the SoundCloud, which it's all just kind of like silly demos you know I but, love your
1: music the one song that you made which was like nothing stays the same or something like that Oh yeah. like one of your very early hits that's, it's still one of my favorites oh, it's still in my files
0: it has so much going on in it oh it my does God. there is it's a lot so of busy.
1: it is very busy yeah. but I personally love the beat of it like I yeah. love like the intro yeah. that's probably my favorite part uh, that we should is... make that the theme song
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> A song about, like, leaving your ex, like, and, fi- like, leaving a kind of a toxic relationship. Like, that should be our theme song. You know? Because, I mean, Sometimes
1: like, it be like that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you even listening? Yeah, because... Uh, we're sad kids. We're sad kids. Very sad. We are sad if kids. We're very big sad kids. If you haven't picked that up by now, I don't think you were listening. No.
1: Nope. So, you know. so, you're already just... Dis- discriminating against our podcast. I don't think that was the right word, but, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, cool.
0: sure, yeah, sure, sure, <laughs> sure. Anyways, um, so, Taylor, I am so excited. You are getting married in a castle in Scotland. Am... In, like, a year. In a that year. Is, oh, my God.
1: It, we're less than a year now.
0: Oh, oh yeah, because it's September, that's right. Yeah, now we're know? in
1: October. Also, time doesn't exist. Like, it's,
0: it's a construct, you know? Can I mean, you believe
1: just... that, like, the insurrection was... 10 months ago? Only 10. Nine. Wow. Nine, nine, nine. Nine Oh, only nine? Oh my god. Well, almost yeah. a pregnancy. January, yeah. And it's funny
0: because my brother's uh newest baby, Sophia, little sweet thing. Uh, she was born like a, a week or two before the insurrection. And we uh my my parents and I went out to Austin uh to help um with the newborn. Mm-hmm. And um I was, I remember, like, standing in their kitchen just, like, on Twitter being like, holy shit, this is actually happening. Yeah, you I know? remember
1: I was, like, taking phone calls and then all of a sudden my Twitter is, like, popping with all these notifications and CNN and ABC and, like, every news platform was, like, just hammering my phone. Mm. And then, like, on my lunch break, I just sat, like, with, like, cross-legged on the floor, just looking at CNN and watching this happen.
0: Yeah, crazy time. <sighs> also, like, some of those people are going to jail. A lot of them aren't, you know? Yeah, um, is all justice, of them should be. Uh, Is justice a thing? Who knows in America?
1: I mean, you are a Libra. Also, happy yeah. birthday.
0: C- yeah, coming up in about uh, four days. Yeah, oh, y'all needed to know God. that. October 9th, that's when I'm born. So um, when this podcast when episode born.
1: comes out, everyone tweet at find Christian wherever you can and wish him a happy birthday
0: yeah good luck finding me on Twitter though like I that is uh that is a secret account you know I don't even know which account it is yeah yeah but it's actually it's kind of um, it's hiding in plain sight like um I, I I won't at risk of giving myself away I'm not gonna give any more details about that but anyways so are you how excited are you about your wedding uh,
1: I I'm finally feeling excited, you know, because prior to like, like, you know, like a couple months in, i was like, fuck, this is so exhausting. I see why people hire a wedding coordinator for them, like mm-hmm. a wedding planner.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what my mom and my aunt used to do back in the 80s. They had a whole Aww. company that would, uh, I think it was catering, you know, but um, the caterer in, in a lot of those instances uh, does become like a planner, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, so I, I understand you have a lot of people that you actually know who yes. are helping you, mm-hmm. um, pull this off. So
1: yeah, for example, like, um, one of my old coworkers from my last job is actually going to be our wedding photographer and my hairdresser is coming, but my hairdresser is like also a close friend of mine. So it just feels really nice to a know that I can fully Trust that these people are going to be able to support me on like the happiest day of my life. <sighs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it's weird. We put so much pressure on weddings to, because I guess you know, like in in a good relationship, you only do it once. You know, you yeah. only have one shot. So, but I have two. So you have two shots.
1: Well, not oh, because like right. I'm getting yeah, like married yeah. again. No one cause... thinks that Josh and I are getting divorced at any point. He stuck with me, but like, you know, we're doing our wedding in two parts. So we have wedding in Scotland and then we'll do a big reception because I have a very large and in charge family. So, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm.
0: yep, yep. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. And, um, that kind of brings us a little bit towards our topic um, for today, which is the joy of connectedness because, you know, having these people who you do know as friends, like Mm -hmm. being able to help you out as a resource, um, does kind of speak to the value of the um being connected and like kind of openly presenting yourself
1: with all your vulnerabilities oh yeah Um, my hairdresser has seen a lot out of me she's seen me when i was just dating she's seen me when i was going through a crisis that's like she's the person who literally shaved my head you know like she has been with me on this hair journey and my life journey wow You know, Mm -hmm. like I've been seeing her once a month, once every two months for the last four years.
0: That is incredible. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And you have a personal
0: relationship because, you know, like uh, you just kind of bonded. So did you meet her as a hairdresser first? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. I
1: made an appointment because, like, I, like, had cut my hair. You didn't know me at this point. Mm. um. So, I like, I cut my hair pretty short, and I was, like, I went to the same place. So, I had a different hairstylist, but she left. And I got to meet Awar, and I was, like, ah, oh, this girl just gets me. Mm. And we just, like, have so much fun every time I see her. Like, we banter, we tell each other stories, we talk about it. Like, even today, it was so much fun to, like, Wedding plan to be like, okay, like, what are you thinking for your makeup? What are you thinking for your hair? You know, and I'm like, get to show her my stuff. And it's like, as she's doing my hair, we're get to talk mm, about this, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. as opposed to me, a trying to hunt for someone in Scotland who can do black hair.
0: Oh, God.
1: Yeah. Oh, good luck. I yeah. guess.
0: I mean, you know, whoa. and trying to like, find I, someone. I guess who I don't
1: know, but like, yeah, it, it would.
0: I would imagine it would be very difficult.
1: Yeah. Because there are black people in scotland i mean there is but there is a very very small percentage and i'm gonna get barely lucky Mm -hmm. you know like i'm sure someone knows someone who knows someone but it really takes a lot of pressure off of my day to find someone like like that i trust that i can like fully put myself into you know and Mm -hmm. like having people that i know personally and like know on a deep level like my coworker and i like hang out You know, like we spend time together and it just feels so nice because it's like a you get to share in my joy of Mm -hmm. like this beautiful moment. And also, I know I can trust you, Mm -hmm. you know, like for me, the hardest thing in finding people that I can be connected to even outside of wedding planning Mm -hmm. is just feeling like that. I can trust people fully, you know, because there's some people you trust there's some people that you like kind of trust there's some people you don't trust with a lot of things you know and to just have people that i can put i hope i don't fuck myself up by saying this but like (laughs) i can put all my eggs in one basket and like not stress about it but i do have backups you know i'm a planner i'm very type a i'm very much a tourist gotta
0: have contingency plans yeah for sure um yeah and you know um the joy of connectedness, uh, is, I mean, obviously you can demonstrate how, how, uh, wonderful it is. Um, with me personally, you know, like uh, talking, <laughs> so this is going to get a little deep guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's going to be sad. Okay. Also trigger warning, um, sexual assault. Um, but you, so you're talking about how you met, your hairstylist and you had this like, you know, kind of instant connection and you've developed a bond over time that Mm -hmm. allows you to kind of, um, you know, have this, uh, extra benefit of being able to, um, have them at your wedding, you know, Mm -hmm. so you don't have to worry about somebody who can deal with black hair. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I was 20, um, I went to go get a haircut after, I, I think I've told you this story before. Sounds um, familiar. But I went to go get a haircut after working an overnight shift um, at a job where we were we were remodeling a store. Um, and I had had a really bad day that day at work. Um, and I came home and I was living with my parents just like I am now. <laughs> and... <laughs> At the time... Um, Nine aunt- years later. <laughs> yep, yeah. Full circle, baby. Um, <laughs> at the time, my aunt, uh, my Aunt Patty was... Uh, shout out to my Aunt Patty. Love you so much. We love um, you so much, Aunt Patty. She was at home and she was at on the couch uh, just watching the news. And um, she had noticed that I was in a bad mood and had asked me, like, what was going on. And, mm-hmm. you know, was, like, trying to get me to talk about it. But at that point in my life, I was just kind of like snippy and shitty and like, you know, I was just kind of like rude to her and, you know, not wanting to talk about it. And, you know, um, she kind of saw that and she was like, okay, she went on Groupon and she got a, uh, a Groupon for a haircut at a nice salon, um, somewhere in, uh, Northern Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, we booked the group on and she called the place because online you were, she was trying to make an appointment, but there were no slots available for mm-hmm. that day. And, um, she called the place and the owner picked up and the owner was like, you know, kind of arguing with her about making this appointment. <laughs> um, cause Technically, his um, other stylist that he was, like, you know, um, working with to kind of, like, uh, work the studio mm-hmm. um, was out on vacation, and it was just him that day, and he was just basically, like, filling inventory, you Yeah. Know? So, he wasn't really in—he uh, didn't want to take the appointment, but after my aunt kind of, like, talked him into it— I was like, okay, cool. Um, we booked you this haircut at like twelve PM, something like that. Mm-hmm. And you gotta you gotta understand, like I had been up since like eight PM the previous night. Oof. So getting in a like a haircut at twelve PM also like I was smoking pot at the time, like mm-hmm. pretty heavily. Um So, I came to this appointment at 12 p.m., stoned, tired off my ass, and at the time, I didn't know I was bipolar, Uh um, and I didn't realize, like, how manic I was, but, like, basically, like, I wasn't paying attention to what was going on, and this guy sits me down in the chair, and he's, like, you know, he's just really friendly right away, you know, and, um, he was very obviously gay, you know, um, and I didn't mind that, because, like, you know, uh... I have several uncles, you know, literal uncles, and mm-hmm. also um, uncles who are just, like, friends of the family who are gay, who, you know, all my life treated me very well, you know? So, like, I had no, like, uh, like real homophobia, like, at the time, you know, I was, uh, I, I quite enjoy talking with gay people, but he sits me down, and then I'm, I'm wearing this deep v-neck, you know, at the okay. time, and... <laughs> um you could see my chest hair just kind of like blooming out of it you know it's like real deep this is 2012 I no, was like
1: no, yeah not the 2012 v neck yeah
0: yeah it was it was a style but um no it wasn't uh <laughs> so um he you know he asks about my chest hair and he was like oh yeah well do you also have back hair and I was like well yeah you know I, I got back hair like I don't I'm, I don't mind it you know Um, And he looks at me like, you know, he just kind of gives me the, oh, honey look, you know? And I think he literally said, oh, honey, no, you got to get that, like, waxed. Like, listen, here, I'm going to give you this deal. Um, Typically, I charge this much for waxing, but we're going to, like, we're going to groom you. Uh, So he was going to, like, trim my chest hair into, like, a certain pattern that it's supposed to be. (laughs) You know, it's kind of supposed to be, like, a fade, so it's, like... Uh, short near the abs, so you could kind of see the definition, and then it kind of gets thicker as you go up. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> this is what he told me, and this I'll never forget like it. It's a visual for me yeah. as you're like trying to show me like what he's trying to tell you. I'm like, ah, I don't know what any of this means. <laughs> yes.
0: But, um, He's like, I'm going to trim you and groom you, and uh, we're also going to wax your back, and I'll do I'll do it for half the cost of one, you know? Mm-hmm. So here I am thinking, like, well, I don't want to lose money on this, you know? Like, it's that's quite a deal. Mm-hmm. Like, great. Like, 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 let's do it. I've never done it before. Um, and he had been, like, extremely friendly. At, you know, and uh, looking back on it now, he was, like, kind of flirty. Mm-hmm. and um definitely like just said some creepy things too like about like how attractive i was or whatever um and it just kind of like you know like like fell off my head you were just, just too stoned to be paying attention at that too point too stoned too tired super manic mm-hmm. like um and he goes to wax my back and then uh during uh, like right before you know um he gets ready gets me ready to wax my back like he sees that I'm texting on my phone and I'm texting my brother about, like, the bad day that I had because my parents told him that I was, like, you know, kind of shithead when I came home. <laughs> he's like, are you all right, man? And I'm like, yeah, man, you know what, I'm fine. It's like...
1: Is that how you and Adam speak to each other? <clears throat>
0: <clears throat> yes, exactly like that, yeah. <laughs> and, um, so, when he waxes my back, he's, he, like, takes my phone away from me and... um. In he's like, office. no, 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 no. You just need to relax. Like, you don't need to be texting anybody right now. You just need to, like, lay down and enjoy the experience because it's gonna hurt, you know? And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, this sounds reasonable. And then he was like, no matter what you do, don't look back. Um, And he's stirring wax at the time. And I'm like, well, why? What do you mean? And he's like, well, I'm stirring wax right now and I know what it sounds like. And I was like, oh he stirs the wax and i'm like oh it kind of sounds like macaroni and he's like oh no i mean it sounds like a dude jacking off um so yeah big red flag right there hello and yeah i uh i at the time i was just like okay whatever you know like he's just you know he feels comfortable enough to like make a joke like that in front of me you know and um then he waxes my back um and yeah it hurt like really bad like i didn't i wasn't expecting it to hurt nearly as bad as it did and it's like it's pretty thick yeah and like christian just like, showed
1: me his back y- hair yes. even though i didn't need a visual it was it was given yes um but did it give what it needed to give it did not no
0: <laughs> <laughs> but um why i'm telling this story is like that experience for uh, many years made it really hard for me to connect with people again because Mm -hmm. i went through this experience of like you know kind of connecting with this guy like we had talked about like my day and you know he was just really good at kind of like opening me up and stuff and um i you know kind of got like he you know (sighs) end of the story he he comes on my back you know after like I was freshly waxed and then quickly like very quickly like mixes in lotion to like you know kind of he just spreads it all over the like the rest of my back you know um so I didn't I was you know what my mind registered was this hot liquid on my back that like I was like that's not supposed to be there like my back is already waxed and then the cool lotion, like just right after, you know, um, and I didn't register it, you know, like I immediately I was like so ashamed and like so embarrassed that I um, just put it out of my mind, you know, I yeah. pretended like it just didn't fucking happen. Um, and at the end of it, like, I got up, I got dressed, like, before I put my shirt on, he act he asked me to flex in the mirror, like, you know, um, to, like, you know, I see, wish you guys like, could
1: see my facial expressions. They are, like, what the actual fuck?
0: Yeah, and, like, I did it, you know? Like, I, I flexed in the mirror, and he was, like, mm, you know, like, that, you know, he was, like, you're, you're pretty sexy, and I was, like, uh, you know, like, I, you know, at the end of it, I, um i got kind of curt with him i got like short you know and i was like it was obvious i wasn't talking like as much and i wasn't as open and all that and he started to like i'll never forget the look on his face like when he was like looking me in the eyes and he, he was just so full of like guilt and regret and you know like i could just see it instantly that he was so ashamed of what he had done mm-hmm. um that You know, he he even muttered out like right before I like so I left him, you know, I paid for everything, left him a good tip. And he's like, you know, on the way out, he's like, sorry, you know, and I I was like, it's okay. And then I gave him a side hug, you know, and I and I walked out and uh, like went on with my day and. Like that experience made it really hard for me for many, many years to like open up to people and talk to people and, um, like, you know, allow myself to be vulnerable mm-hmm. with people, you know, cause, um, it, yeah, for, I mean, and a lot, I would imagine a lot of sexual assault survivors feel the same way, um, but, for me the joy of connectedness is like it's it's a matter of relearning you know and actually trying to figure out how um you talked about trusting people you know knowing you could trust people Mm -hmm. um and i've had to develop skills and like i've had to unlearn kind of like like trauma responses Mm -hmm. um to be able to learn how to trust people like um you you remember how i was like when we first started working together like <laughs>
1: everyone was so impressed that i got you yeah. to be my friend and to like now here we are like yes. what what has it been like four years now four or five years
0: oh god uh yeah since 2017 right yeah and that's when four you years later
1: here we are going strong yes. yeah and, i do uh, remember that you were you were very standoffish towards me. You were very like you weren't like curt, but you were definitely like I'm going to put you at yeah. arm's length. I
0: I do that on purpose, you know. I I have to observe people for a while um before I start to feel comfortable with like connecting with them gen- like genuinely cuz like as soon as I start to get into that dialogue of like connectedness, like it I get like uh, anxiety, you know. Like Mm -hmm. I've had panic attacks, like just having deep conversations with people, you know, Um, and you are just like you have this magic skill of just like (laughs) like cracking that egg, you know, and I've been so grateful for it because, you you know, you were actually like a big piece in my healing journey you know oh please don't make me cry literally literally it it made me realize people are safe you know like and it it you literally helped me get out of that shell and like now i'm you know it still does take a little bit. Of, it still takes a little bit of time for me to like, you know, get comfortable with people. But it's considerably less time, you mm-hmm. know. And I really do have you to thank for that. And like, again, and and therapy and medication, <laughs> you know. Um, but you know, and Netflix and Netflix. Oh fuck yeah, Netflix. Um, but <laughs> yeah, like um, it's like I wish I. I wish I had the skill set to just, like, you know, kind of unabashedly connect with people again, but it's kind of like a permanent, you know, like, um, thing where I always have to remember, you know, when I feel that little bit of anxiety when somebody gets, like, a little bit too close, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, that it's just me responding and it's like my in a way it's like me holding on to this like regret of like not fighting back or not doing anything like when i was sexually assaulted Mm -hmm. you know um and i'm so sorry if this is not the way you wanted this podcast to go taylor oh my god um i'm (laughs) sorry
1: And the trauma response comes up. You don't need to apologize. I just want to be honest,
0: you know, and I just want to be truthful about like the, you know, how connectedness plays in my life, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, because I feel like you have a very different experience, you know? I
1: mean, yes and no. Like I was sexually assaulted when I was like 18 and 19 and 20 um, I don't really talk Jesus. about it all that much. Yeah. Um, why like for those well, who knew well, me back in like the 2011, 2013, that's is why I transferred. Cuz I was sexually assaulted like three different times on my campus and I was never protected. You know, so for me it definitely took a very long time to feel like that I could trust people again, more so men mm-hmm, than anything. Mm-hmm. Women I'm very You know, I have some like friend trauma of like friends who were like girls who were like very rude to me or used me as a joke, you know, or just took advantage of me, you know, like around the time that we had met, I like was going through like my new, like my new phase, right? Like I was entering Mm -hmm. the next phase of my life, Mm -hmm. being hired at Apple, finally having enough money, getting a new apartment, all this stuff, you know, but I had to make like a lot of changes at this point. So when you met me, you you met really like the evolved version of that past Taylor, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. Because I was very well,
0: and you moved to a city by picking it out of a hat. That is true. That is a like, very true story. That is so brave. Holy Thank shit. you. Like I commend <laughs> you for that. That is wow. It's my
1: favorite story to uh, to tell people for sure. It's my it's my uh, opening line to most folks. It's it is very brave. You know, a little crazy. I don't think I'll do it again, but. Maybe I will. Who knows? My Aries moon will pick something up one day. Mm,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But
1: yeah, I. it took me a while to feel safe with men again, you know, and that mm-hmm. I could trust myself because for so long, I really doubted if I trusted myself to be open with men and to allow men into my life, you know, like I really only had like a few select guys that i was close with you know i really got along with all guys i get along with anybody basically unless you're any kind of Mm isteric you know
0: homophobic
1: yeah all that stuff you know the rundown Mm -hmm. but for me it was really hard to finally feel like that i could be safe again and that i knew how to get myself out of those situations you know like thank you therapy for helping me as well and it just it's been a whole thing you know to like retrain my brain and my emotions to know that like I'm not always in danger Mm -hmm. you know but like as a woman it is very difficult to find men that I do feel safe with you know like you are obviously one of the men that I do feel safe with and have felt safe with for years you know but I do what you do when I'm like starting to get to know people um like where initially I did I would like be very like no, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you can know me from this distance, and then I'll see if I can allow you to be close to me. Um, But now I've, like, really learned that, like, I can't punish everybody for what a few people have done to me, mm-hmm. and I need to continuously remember that they are, do not, the people that they were do not exist in others, mm-hmm. you know?
2: Mm.
1: There might be parts of them that exist in other people, but most people want to show, or at least what I've learned is most people want to be seen as a good person and most people are good to their core, you know, but you have to, you have to see people for who they are. You can't see them for their potential, you know? So like, Mm. I'm very unafraid of like the crunchy bits, as they say on Drag Race, you know, and vulnerability for me is like, the, the the key piece you know like i'm a very vulnerable person like i'm unafraid to say like i'm being hella triggered right now mm-hmm. by being in this environment i need to leave like i have learned to stand up for myself and have a voice but there are people that i have met that don't share that they believe that vulnerability is a punishment mm-hmm. you know that like all these things are going to come along with it or people are like The voice, the story that they're telling themselves is like, oh, you're going to be seen as weird. You're going to be seen as crazy. People aren't going to like you. Mm -hmm. And even people that I've known for so long and like I've tried really hard to like build a space where they can feel vulnerable with me. But some people just don't take that space. So for me, it's like if I can't be vulnerable with you because like I've done this work, I've learned that like my vulnerability is what allows people to be close to me and like allows me to have the proper people around me. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, opposed- that's a
0: big thing. Yeah, add something really quick. Like, you know, I might be very um, kind of defensive at work. You know, uh, i like overly, you know, uh, like standoffish a little bit. At least when you first get to know me, at first. Um, but then there's but, a
1: sweet, warm heart under there.
0: Yeah, there's one environment in particular where I will just, like, let it all out, um, and that's first dates, and um, I definitely don't try to, like, trauma dump, you know, that's like a, that's, you know, that's a, a line that's very That's before crossed. we get to the
1: date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guess what? My dad left me when I was three and 21. How are you? <laughs> Anyways, so where are we going to this restaurant? What time? Uh, <laughs>
2: Yeah, which no. sexual
1: assault story do you want to hear first on the date? Like, yeah, right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. But um, oh, I am listeners. vulnerable in terms of like you know like ask me anything. You mm-hmm. know, like if you ask me a question, like I am literally gonna tell you the like the whole truth. You mm-hmm. know, and I do that because like when I'm looking for a partner, um, you know, I am looking for somebody who that. You know, like you explained, your vulnerability allows them to be close and it'll and that that makes sure that you have the right people around you because like if they don't understand those crunchy bits, um, then they're not the right person to be around you. So, um, when I'm on that first date, it's like, yeah, no holds bar. Like I will just like Talk about any like if you ask me about sexual assault, like well, you let's yeah, talk about we're it and talk about it. Yeah, like well, you asked, so here we go. <laughs> it's like, your fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and you know I try to ask like good questions too, you know, because um, um, a big part of connectedness is allowing others to be vulnerable mm-hmm. too, you know, and allowing space for them to you know uh, talk about whatever they need to talk about, like. Um, this most recent like I, I went out with a friend and you know um we we met like a decade ago um at a at a job and um have just kind of been following following each other on social media and we haven't really hung out much like mm-hmm. we've literally hung out like twice like one time we did a hike um, and then this last time we went to Meow Wolf. um mm-hmm. okay. and when we were getting dinner before going to Meow Wolf, um she like and i was pretty surprised she just started talking about like some pretty deep personal stuff in her personal life and i was like wow i'm glad you feel this like comfortable to kind of you know um talk yeah what was that i
1: know i was like it's someone coming downstairs Yeah,
0: i think (laughs) we definitely heard that on the mics but (laughs) um but yeah she kind of opened up to me about these this deep personal stuff without me even, like, instigating anything. You know, mm-hmm. she was just like, you know, we, I guess we've, we've talked a bit, Um, you know, we've, like, FaceTimed a couple of times to just, like, catch up on each other's lives and, like, she's actually a person who's, like, also really easy to connect with, mm-hmm. um, but um like we're just friends you know like i like we've we've made that clear like a couple of times from one another and all that although i do find <laughs> myself like being like am i missing something here am i missing out like i maybe need to rethink this but no um god god if she hears this like oh man oh man anyways <laughs> uh <laughs> So she was talking about this deep personal stuff and I was like, okay, cool. Well, since she brought this up, like I can kind of talk a little more honestly about like where I've been and like how I've been doing and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff, you know? So when you, one, you talk about your own vulnerability and your own crunchy bits, it allows space for people to kind of um, bring up whatever it is that, you know, is kind of going on with them at that time too. Um, so, um it's it's dangerous you know what i mean because like sometimes like you might say something like vulnerable and then the person just responds with like humor or like banter or, you know something that's like uh and they're not you know kind of mirroring the behavior yeah. or anything like that they are um just kind of like, uh, like changing the subject really yeah quick, they're like trying you know? to
1: lighten up your vulnerability to have it feel good for them yeah yeah yeah,
0: exactly and um yeah so um it's nice to have people like that i can just talk like earnestly with Mm -hmm. you know um but it takes a while for me to get there you know like it took up it probably up until you invited me over to your place um where i met your roommate and we played board games right yeah and um Yeah, like being in your space and, you know, you just kind of like, I don't know how you do it. You just, (laughs) you're like, you bulldozed (laughs) over like my wall. I did. I did. I really
1: do. It's what I do. And
0: it's just, it's, uh, you have such a skill for gathering information from people. Um, (laughs) You know, I I wish I had that skill. Um, But do you think um, I like
1: store it for later? No, I think
0: think we've talked about this. You you told me that you just forget it and then you kind of remember it when people like mention it, you know, like when you're back in a conversation with someone. Yeah, uh, if you
1: bring it back up, I remember where we're at, but like most times I forget it.
0: It's just in like storage, you know, Mm -hmm. it's it's like stored away. If if I need to use it later, it'll come back up when it's relevant. Mm -hmm. But otherwise,
1: it's just like in one ear and back in long-term memory for them basically basically it's a thing i won't forget but i won't bring it up unless like you bring it up yeah you know but like i do remember those like key facts about you
0: yeah yeah and it's important to remember you know like um people's vulnerabilities because it allows you to be more compassionate towards them as well you know like if if I know somebody has, like, a, a hard relationship with their father, it's like, as a man, you know, I want to try to be a good example of, like, somebody who's just a good dude, you know? Like, I'm definitely not perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. I have so many problems, but, like... <laughs> Um, to those people that, you know, have those difficult relationships with their fathers. Like I try to give extra attention towards, you know, and maybe I should just focus on being a good dude overall, but, <laughs> um, I try to give extra attention towards like the more masculine side of myself and how that can come across and <laughs> how that, you know, affects somebody. Um, cause you know, so much of it is just subconscious conditioning, you know? Yeah. And after my sexual assault, I didn't cry for three years. Really? Nope. Yeah. Yeah. I did not. Um, it wow. took me breaking down after having a like a bad night, um, and coming home to my parents' house where <laughs> I still live. <laughs> and um, you know, my dad just talking to me about, like, dude, what is going on? And, like, I didn't know where to begin, yeah. you know? I didn't know where to start. Um, So I just started crying and, like, you know, um, it was so hard to explain, like, how complicated it was because, you know, after the sexual assault, I felt like... Karma owed me something, you know, like yeah. that I, I needed, I, I should go out and like sleep with all these girls to confirm my masculinity and whatever. And I spent a, a lot of time, you know, I wasted a lot of time um, trying to do that. And like, that's just not the type of guy I am. It's I'm not, like, that's not who you are. I am, I'm just like like very romantic and like you know i'm pr- i'm pretty monogamous <laughs> like, you know like yeah. there's very very little you know wiggle room there um but i uh yeah like it 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 pains me to like remember about um all the exes that like i i kind of wronged because i had this mentality of like oh i need to move on to the next one or something mm-hmm. like that or um Or, like, you know, I, for one ex in particular, it was because I was, like, just extra possessive, you know? Um, And this particular ex, like, um, and why it was so complicated was, like, I was, I was so stuck in this, like, toxic masculinity and I was learning a lot um, from, Mm -hmm. like, the red pill Reddit about, like, how to be a man, (laughs) right? Um, And, um... She was definitely more of like this really bubbly, really hilarious, like, like um, just life of the party. Like she was a Leo, you know. Um, and I, I think I told you about her, yes. but um, I know which one you're talking but about. Yeah, like she she really liked attention, and um, I you know was very interested in leaving the party early, you know, and she wanted to stay all night and that kind of shit. And I, I got really, really possessive of her and it, it complicated things like pretty bad, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and that, that was all a result of like unhealed sexual assault trauma, you know? Um, and the, I think the takeaway here is like, you can't really connect with people if you don't keep your traumas in check, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and that takes a lot of self learning and self discovery and a lot of also, therapy. Uh, yeah, therapy helps, like, no doubt. Um, and, um, also unconditioning, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, being able to, Kind of see the things that society is like drilled into you, you know, as a kid with sports, you know, they they definitely talk about like, you know, in the early 2000s, late 90s, you Uh know, like. You're not supposed to cry. You're supposed to tough it out oh, yeah. and blah blah blah. And you know, we got my football helmet right back behind you there. You know, and <laughs> I, I never was, knew
1: you played football.
0: I was pee wee football. Yeah. yeah. Oh,
1: pee football. Mm-hmm.
0: So no. that's what that's from. Yeah, that's pee wee football. Even though the helmet. Why there, do we
1: still have a pee wee football helmet in the house? We just don't throw it away. Why Does don't it? we throw it away? What do you need it for?
0: I. Well, what are, you are we know, saving sometimes it for? I look at it, and like, so you see the stickers on the front of the helmet. Yeah. That's how many sacks i got which is so you keep
1: this to remember the sacks that you had yes when you were like six years old when i was like mm yep, eight eight or nine yep everybody hears the tone of voice that i have right now as i'm questioning christian about this right okay great (laughs) love you guys but but yeah like i that
0: i that is actually something like i was a i wasn't the biggest kid but i played on the defensive line and um the tricky part or the why I was good at what I did, like, I got, you know, like a good amount of sacks that season. I won't tell you the number because that's unimportant, but, um, <laughs> I I was pretty like rough and tumble. Like, as, as a little kid, you know, I took mm-hmm. pride in like, you know, being tough and like getting around like linemen and like sacking the quarterback. And like, one time I actually stole the ball from a quarterback and almost like made a touchdown from wow. like the back. Yeah. I'm
1: proud of six year old you.
0: Re- reliving the glory years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's when I peaked. Like,
1: <laughs> peaked at six years
2: old. <laughs>
1: I got those two uh, no. sacks, you know, and it was done. Hey. Wrap, yep.
0: hmm mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, I was pretty good, you know. Like, and I actually got like an MVP award for um, basketball when I was uh, like uh, twelve, you know, in middle school. Like, um, I was pretty proud about that. And then, you know, in high school, everything changed from sports to music because I try. I was supposed to try out for the basketball team. Um, Because that was what I was best at. Mm -hmm. Um, I was supposed to try out for the basketball team my freshman year, but I broke my wrist snowboarding like a week before tryouts. So I just didn't ever try out again. And uh, all my focus switched to music because I started picking that up Mm -hmm. because my next door neighbor had a bass guitar and he was like, yo, y'all should get some instruments so we could start a band, right? And I was like, hell yeah, that'd be sweet,
1: right? The early 2000s way of like, dude, we should start a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is exactly what we're doing, but... <laughs> I love it, though. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's
0: a good time. Um, But, yeah, uh, it all switched to music, and then in music, like, I got a bunch of awards. So when I was, like, in my early 20s, like, you know, like, I had gotten into like a decent school. Like, um, you know, I did well on my essay SATs. Like I was very proud of like everything that I did. Mm-hmm. I tried to be the best at it, you mm-hmm. know, or mm-hmm. as good as I could be at it. Yeah. Um, and when it switched to music, it's like I got I have a I have like three awards for like outstanding soloist for uh like jazz music. Um mm. so um like I, I was very cocky in my like early 20s you know of course. and then to have this like you know I was very like dominant kind of personality like silver tongued like i i yeah believe that or not um but hello
1: who yeah, are you <laughs> yeah
0: the sexual assault changed everything man. it really like, did it, like it, I it,
1: don't know who that person like yeah. was you yeah. know because you're not this very dominant person like you have a very good like you have a very ease, ease, like a very peaceful essence to you when you walk into a room yeah. for me hmm. you know and to hear that you were like very like curt and like dominant and stuff i'm like wow
0: yeah yeah i was like very into the like the alpha male like kind of fucking ideology mm-hmm. um, and that was kind of conditioned into me into like the upbringing that i had you know like um through you know some very masculine uncles and it, you know i can i could tell you i could waste the rest of the podcast kind of telling <laughs> you how generationally like toxic masculinity has been passed down you know yeah um and you know it, it takes like so much time to like heal that part of yourself and you know uh vulnerability is so counter to that toxic masculinity you know oh, yeah that, um it, uh, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this at this point. Like, uh, just toxic masculinity is bad, and you know this other side, this new me, who I am now. Like, you know, to be honest, like, I do you like I, this
1: version of you? I yeah, should ask.
0: Yeah, I like honestly, like I, you know, given that I am bipolar, like the biggest accomplishment that I have is that I'm still here, and that my finances are in order like you know people who are bipolar tend to like really mess up their lives and like i've gotten close you know i've gotten really close same um so um i've been very fortunate to have like a good um support network you know and just uh, you know a willingness to actually try and better myself you know in, in In terms that are undefined, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, because when you go through like, oh, I want to better myself in this way, that way that, you know, this, that and the other. It's like you kind of like get trapped in that idea or philosophy of uh, betterment. And um, it's like when you go about it from the perspective of like, oh, I just want to better myself so I can feel good. You know, feel good about myself and make others feel good. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, having a much broader kind of scope um, will serve you much better. It'll definitely awaken some things in you that you like. You you're you're would be surprised to find out. Yeah. You know, Um, but it's all for the better. It really is. Um, And I've been very appreciative of like just people who have been anchors for me you know like I have I have a lot of like very long friendships like most of the mm-hmm. friends that I still have I've had for more than a decade at this point I love you know? that
1: that's how most of my friends are most of us have known each other between five to 20 years honestly like my closest friend is in like oldest friend is my friend Kristen right mm-hmm. like we've known each other since we were six and seven you know, and she's a Scorpio son, so she's mm. my sister son. So mm-hmm. that's why we get along really well. Um, but yeah, like, the thing that you said... Oh, fuck, I lost my train of thought. We're going to have to edit this part out, because now I forget what I was going to say.
0: Damn it. Well, you know what I say. We're not fucking editing, so... <laughs> Just take a minute get, to
1: breathe. <laughs> edit take that a minute part to
0: out. Breathe, take a minute to breathe. Collect your thoughts and we'll we'll get to it. You know, like, here's the thing. Like, I I don't think you need to worry about being terribly articulate because yeah. the value of the things that you say outweighs the way that they kind of come out. You know what yeah, I mean? true. Like, even if it's kind of clunky in it's delivery, like, I would prefer you to be unfiltered and you know just how you are you know come as you are
1: like i hate when you're right i really do that's my uh, thing it's It's like i am i am such a perfectionist in that thing because like this podcast for me like because like you know we talked about it for so long and podcast for me is like I really want to be good at it I want people to like it but I forget that like my crunchy bits is what keeps people connected to me Mm -hmm. you know like this is the shit that people love to hear from me you know Mm it's like what I've gone through what I've learned you know my wisdom because I'm also wise so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah you are hell yeah I try my best you know and I try to share what I've learned about certain things like a friend of mine um the other or like a couple weeks ago maybe a month ago was like really upset about like a relationship kind of not falling the way that he wanted it to and i was like you know it, it it does suck you know it sucks that it excuse me it ended this way but that does not negate or take away the joy that you felt with this person like mm-hmm. even though it didn't end in a great way and you like it didn't feel great that doesn't take away the happiness that you felt with this person like you can still feel like yeah i showed up i did what i could i was here i showed up fully as myself and like even though it wasn't what this person wanted i still went into this wholeheartedly fully vulnerably and still presented myself and like didn't hold back Mm -hmm. you know and he was like wow that was that Cured my depression.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, yeah. Maybe you should be a therapist. no absolutely not. I get out of the tech industry. I am
1: not. I would not be a good therapist. I, I'm too much of a fixer, and that's one thing I'm unlearning. Mm -hmm. You know, like is to fix everyone's problems, you know, especially having gone through grief myself within the last year. Like for me, I've learned like when I do feel like that I am connected to someone and that I can like fall apart and show them myself, the last thing I need is a fixer, Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. But like the fixer mentality comes from like generational stuff of like just fixing problems, but not talking about problems, Mm -hmm. you know? So for me, it's like, I've, I've really had to unlearn that part for myself, like generationally of being just a massive fixer and trying to find a way to solve everyone's problems and be like, I think people just need me to show up. Mm-hmm. I think someone just needs me to be willing to just listen, you know? And it's like, I've got to do what I need to be able to show people like, A, like what our I want our space to be and B, what I want to show you that I need. As well, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so, like, still unlearning the fixing part, you mm-hmm. know, and still allowing myself to grieve. Like, this is a completely different topic that I just thought of, but like, a, a big thing about connectedness is like, I think, is learning that, like, even when a connection ends, it doesn't take away what you had. You know, Mm because you still learn something from that person, regardless if it is like labeled good or bad in your life, that person still meant something to you, you know, yeah. like within the last probably like around July, August, I just had like a bunch of friends that just were like, I don't want to be friends with you anymore. You're not a good friend to me. Mm. And, you know, like, as someone who tries really hard to be a good friend to people and mm. to try to show up fully as myself, mm-hmm. to hear someone tell me that I wasn't a good friend, I, in like, I tried really hard not to put blame on myself or to shame myself, you know, mm-hmm. but then I really had to, like, stop and be like, no, we've just outgrown each other, mm. you know, like, where I'm going and where this person going just don't align anymore and that's okay, like, We still, for however many years or months or weeks that we'd known each other, we still had a good time.
0: Yeah. You know what it sounds like to me? That those people were fucking greedy. (laughs) Greedy sons of bitches asking for too much. It's like you need to get your own shit together first before you start asking for other people to help you out. I would never I mean, dis
1: I would never dis them on our podcast. No, I'm like, just kidding. I know, I know you are. Um, <laughs> but yeah. no, I, I I see what you mean. I appreciate you picking me up on that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And then I was uh, I was listening to Brene Brown because I I love my girl Brene so much. Mm, yes. I dated a dude where we actually made Brene Brown a verb in between the two of us, it would be like, did you just Renee Brown me?
0: Yeah, because, you know, there's a there's a system there. That, yeah, there is yeah, a system there. Um, when uh two people who work together at Apple, like, date, they'll ask if they Apple steps of service one another, you know? Like, they'll be like, did you oh, just Apple steps of service me? I, like, I
1: remember one of our coworkers <laughs> telling me that her and her boyfriend at the time, now husband, used to Apple steps of service each other and never it's get into an argument. It's effective, though. It's I effective. <laughs> but when you have worked at the Apple store, if you worked in like a high-end like high end retail environment that like has mm-hmm. the money and the resources to train you properly mm-hmm. like that, dude, yeah. you know when someone is... Brene Browing, you Apple steps of serving sing you like, mm-hmm. and it's it's almost a little annoying, yeah, sometimes yeah. Mm-hmm. because that that was also a major reason as to why that connection like had to stop at the time that it did mm-hmm. because I didn't feel like that we I was getting the real him i felt like he was giving me the edited vulnerable side of him where it would be yeah it would be filtered it would be enough for him to be for me for him to think that i would be satisfied with it Mm. you know and for me it's It's like,
0: like uh you're trying to be somebody that someone wants instead of just being yourself
1: exactly and that was the thing that drove me nuts and like we had arguments about it like i would be like i feel like that you are Brene Browing me, and I don't appreciate that. While her like her steps and like what she's taught us is effective and it works, but like the thing that I think that you for that me to him like that you're forgetting is like I need to see who you are and not who you want me to think you are. Sure, and it's not
0: formulaic, you know. Like, yeah, that's the that's the thing about the Apple steps of service too is that they are very it's a formula, you mm-hmm. know. Like and they what even is tell it again? you. Uh, <laughs> I don't it, know if it, I can actually I share an, this. Oh, I don't think we can. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So forget all that. Um,
1: <laughs> Not us I getting only, in trouble by I only Tim gave Cook. You a
0: piece. Yeah, I don't know if I can share that because that's company IP. But um, it's a it's a it's basically like a, a three step process to empathy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it. It's a little dangerous because um if somebody does those steps to you in order and you know you both have the training, it's like, okay. So like, are you, you know, do you actually give a shit about what's going on, or are you just trying to get past this? And you know yes. like basically to you, I'm just a customer who's frustrated about x, y, and z. yes, you know, um, and you know that that,
1: and that's they, what I think, like when you're connected to someone, and you do that, right, I feel like it's almost like cheating, mm-hmm. you know, because you're no longer giving like the raw and the realness for this connection to stay alive. Yeah, you're yeah. giving me what, like exactly what you said, what you, you're you treating me like a customer that's upset about something. Yeah. And you're not treating me as though like I'm your colleague and we have an issue that we need to solve together because we need to look at this problem and figure out how we can solve it mm-hmm. and not let this problem like... It- define us
0: yeah and in our own terms yeah largely like you know like you're in your own vocabulary like fucking tell me how you feel yes
2: like Like,
1: be like yell at like don't yell at me i'll cry but like just like be honest with me you don't need to that's the thing that i've like really have been trying to do especially like in my relationship
0: okay so real quick that's why we get along is because we're both just unabashedly honest yes. in certain contexts. Like, like,
1: we've gotten into arguments, but yeah. we get over it. Yeah, you know?
0: exactly. No, like, and that's because we just continue to be honest and, like, actually attempt to compromise because when you're being fully honest, it's like you can kind of find one, mm-hmm. you know? Like, um there's, there's never not going to be disagreements, but being honest with your partner or your colleague or your friend... Or your parents. ...allows the the roadway to kind of like actually you know heal or understand or compromise whatever needs to happen in that scenario you know yeah
1: absolutely and so I,
0: sorry i cut you off sweetie I'm, i i apologize do you yeah i do being
1: anti-black on a tuesday <gasps> god damn it <laughs> it came up it Hello? did it did like, so uh continue yes but i I've, I've learned to like in connectedness you you can't confuse connection with attachment. That's number one. Mm. And number two, in your connection, I've like, whether that is like, whatever that title is to you from like that person. So like my grandparents to me is like grandparents, you know, and like family and stuff. You still have to be able to look outside of the connection of like what that title is to that person to you. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. And look at them like a person. So like one thing that I'm very, very thankful for, for like, what I had with Tony before he died is that we were connected, we were honest, and we had a real relationship. Like it wasn't just right. this like father-daughter, granddaughter-grandfather relationship. It was like we genuinely were friends and mm-hmm. we were genuinely saw each other as people. Yeah. Like Tony definitely had like struggled with it. It points in our relationship as do a lot of my uncles like in my life you know and a lot Mm -hmm. of men that are familial have a very hard time of viewing me as a person when i view them as a person i think largely that stems
0: from men being taught that they need to protect women you know what i mean like um so there's this part of them that's like you know like don't do this don't do that don't like you know Mm -hmm. like trying to protect you you know or like try to
1: guide you like down to a path that they see for you but it's like but the path that you see for me is not the path that i want
0: yeah because the hilarious irony is it's like you're a dude you know like this is a grown ass woman like yeah exactly like you know you probably don't understand a lot of what she has to deal with throughout the day you know yeah um, and I don't mean to be offensive to anybody who's non-binary. Uh, you especially do not understand anybody who is non-binary. Yes. Like, let me put that out there. Like, you don't know what they go through. You do not know how hard it is. Like, to just let them your go just... to the restroom where they fucking want to. <laughs> like, like,
2: literally. I
0: get anywhere. I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> you deserve it. You Like, because I can't anyways. Honestly, um,
1: I personally, the one thing I hate about a society is that, like, we have toilets. Like, just let people shit wherever they want. We have
0: gendered toilets. That's gendered the, toilets.
1: That's the fucking Are your weird toilets part. in your house gendered? Yeah. No.
0: Right? Yeah, exactly.
1: Everyone's shitting and pooping everywhere. Yeah. Shitting and pooping? Shitting and pooping.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so. Oh, God. Both shitting and pooping. <laughs> like, everywhere, by the way. Um, but yeah, you know, like oh God, we, we, we put a lot of, there's this weird uh, kind of conditioning that we have around, um, gendered roles, you know, mm-hmm. and I do commend non-binary trans people who, um, try to, uh, defy those roles and show us that it doesn't have to be that way. And literally it's whatever you choose, you know what I mean? Like you don't have to live in these roles like you were talking about, like, that father-son, like, daughter, blah, 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 yeah. blah. It's like, we're all literally just people. And, mm-hmm. like, these constructs that we've built around gender um, are, in in ways, damaging, you know? Very much like, that. I, I struggle to see any real benefit from it, you know? Truly. Because
1: um, all it does is just really damage, like, the connection that you could be having. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it just, it really tarnishes what could be great, you know? So like the thing that I now tell people, like you need to see your parents as people and you need to demand that for yourself. Like, especially if you have like a hard relationship with a parent that's like constantly trying to get you to go down this this pathway that they see for you, you know? You, like the thing that I've learned and really honed in on and really, town with my grandparents was like you do not get to view me as your just your granddaughter or your daughter you have to view me as taylor Mm -hmm. and taylor's gonna do what taylor wants Mm -hmm. at the end of the day and like yes your input and your feedback and your advice is definitely going to be taken into consideration but i don't need it all the time sometimes what i just need is for you to just look at me and be like you got it bitch yeah yeah like
0: yeah so Um,
1: Do you have that with your parents? Do you feel like your parents view you as
0: people? So, okay. Um, Here's the thing (laughs) about my parents. Christian looks so stressed with this question. Um, It's complicated. Um, We've done a lot of work over the last decade to, like, kind of view each other as people and heal as a family. Um, Mm -hmm. And... It was a little. It was a little rough in the younger years um, because my mom was misdiagnosed as bipolar and on a bunch of different medications that really affected her in a bad way. Um, and I don't. I hope I'd, I. Hope she doesn't mind me sharing this, but um, it um, kind of um, affected my dad because he had a hard time dealing with it because he just didn't know how to approach mental health, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he grew up with his mom being bipolar. Um, and that's actually where it like gene, you know, uh, bipolar is like largely genetic. It's like, uh, 25% of any given family will be bipolar. Right. So, um, you're looking at them. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, Hey, what up? You get your cookies uh, in the back. But yeah, it, it was largely my my grandma and then my uncle on my dad's side who mm-hmm. were like legitimately bipolar. And there's some people on my mom's side who might be bipolar, but they're very like there's such a stigma against like admitting mental health problems for white people, and that's like my mom's my white mom, you know. She's the white parent. Um so <laughs> There's a lot of stigma against like, just being like, my mom's the white one. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, but, (laughs) um, so, there was, there was trouble, like, um, you know, growing up um, because she was misdiagnosed. She got the help that she needed mm-hmm. um, when I was, like, 16, 17. But that was when I was starting to get into drugs. Like, I was selling drugs and shit in high school. That. like um, I wasn't there for it, but I remember that story. I, uh, basically, I, I didn't necessarily sell drugs for profit. I was the guy that knew, like, the real drug dealer who ironically lived, like, just a block away from me. I don't know if Um, you should be telling that story on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would just take all the money from my friends and, like, buy, like, large quantities for us to, like, share and, like, have, Mm -hmm. you know, different experiences and stuff. Um, So I was just kind of like a node I wasn't actually like a dealer, you know, even yeah. though some of my friends knew to contact me to find stuff, it's because I knew the actual guy who, yeah. anyways, um, so I got in trouble because she found a pretty large amount of ecstasy in my room um, and that started my therapy um, journey in when I was 17 mm-hmm. because she was so upset that I had found, like, uh, that she had found these drugs um, in my room. And um, she was like, what are you going to do with it? And I was like, I was going to fucking take it. Like, you know, what do you you mean? Like, you know, take it and give some to my friends. Like, what? Um, And she's like, we need to go to therapy. So um, it was like a joint therapy session with me and my mom. Um, And the therapist there, like... um, you know, kind of helped me unravel a little bit of like um, the toxic masculinity and my personality, and like how she she br- kind of shined a light on how I was not listening to people mm-hmm. and only like listening to reply. Um. Mm. So from there, um, you know, I kind of went to therapy in and out for like the next like. Decade in two years, however long it's been. Um, and I've spent a lot of time, like, you know, trying to figure out what my diagnosis is and what my problem is. And, like, you know, it was, I was taking depression meds for a while, and then, you know, this last, like, a little bit. Um, I, you know, kind of got properly diagnosed as bipolar, and now I'm on the right met regiment, so I'm a lot i'm a lot better with my family because honestly like i was such a shithead like um you know they say that you like lash out most at the people you love yeah. you know um that was definitely the case i got in this massive fight with my mom like shortly after um the uh sexual assault um and like literally where i was like not staying at home and like yelling at her on the phone in public <laughs> like
2: oh god
0: uh i was i was really bad cuz i was like really hurt and damaged and um you know we've we've made up for that um and through this whole experience we've kind of learned to like treat each other as people and they're they're christians you know their main belief as christians is um, love God above all else and uh, love your neighbor like you love yourself mm-hmm. um, so they they really do embody that and they're very generous, very loving like all my friends literally say that my parents are the best like this we guy do. We this do. guy I haven't even hung out with since high school um, who I used to be in a band with recently hit me up because he saw some of the music I was making on SoundCloud and was mm-hmm. like Hey, do you want to get back together and start making music together? Blah blah blah. Like, where you live in? And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm back at my parents' place. And he's like, dude, that's awesome. Your parents are like the fucking best. They you are, know? Yeah. and they've <laughs> they've kind of been the best for a long time, just because they they do really strongly hold on to that Christian belief, and that's why I have a, you know, a decent amount of respect, even though I'm I don't you know uh, fully believe in Christianity, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. I have a decent amount of respect for Christians who genuinely do, like, uphold the tenets that they're, like, you know, told to uphold in the Bible, you know? Yeah. Um, And they're just good people who, like, you know, through my own journey to, like, learn how to listen and be compassionate and all that, like, they've listened to me a lot about, like, you know, how to be, like, um just more, uh, empathetic, you Mm -hmm. know, and also have boundaries and, you know, we've all kind of helped each other and I I feel like they, um, yeah, they do like, I'm, I'm really close with them. And I, and I think, you know, when I'm older and I'm like, you know, living on my own, hopefully we'll see, (laughs) we'll see. I might just be here forever guys. I might just be frozen in time in my mom's (laughs) house and just sleeping on her couch forever. Um, but, um, I think when I'm older, I'll look back and be like, I'm actually really glad I got to spend like this much time with them, you know? Cause when, yeah. they're, when they're gone, like, um, it, I think it may have, it may suck for like my, my love life to live here, you know? <laughs> like, but. Um, on the opposite end, it's, like, I, I really do get to spend so much quality time with them and, like, um, talk with my mom about, like, you know, she had a hard time with a coworker the other day, and I was able to, like, you know, I was, uh, I was off that day, and I was just in my jammies in the kitchen <laughs> being, like, yeah, fuck that bitch, <laughs> and you know what, like, Here's this big pep talk and like da 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 you know you're just like your mom's hype yeah. man yeah exactly <laughs> um and you know she she was really uh, thankful for that later like a, a few days later she was like thank you so much Christian for like talking me through that and like really listening to me and stuff and you know giving yeah. me good advice and she was like you're wise beyond your years and I'm like shut up mom
1: <laughs> stop it, stop it. <laughs> That's so beautiful, though. Yeah. There's there's a true beauty in in seeing your parents and like learning from them how to be a, just a decent fucking human being. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember growing up like with Cicely and Tony. Like we just there was always a party at our house. It was always a party. There was always people there coming and going, visiting. I'd find out three hours before someone showed up that like someone was coming. You know, Mm -hmm. and there's there's such a beauty when you see your parents like build their own community, you know, and to see people really lean into that. Like, like as much as when I was younger, I hated as many parties as we had and like (laughs) how many people I knew and how I'm like, that's why like my wedding has to be done in two parts. Like the amount of people that know Cicely and Tony is astronomical, Mm -hmm. like I remember when I had to call a few people to tell them that Tony had died, and I shattered some people's worlds. Like, seeing Tony's best friends cry at the funeral is something I'll hold dear to my heart because it shows me that, like, my grandfather connected with all these men and really brought a light to all these people, yeah. you know, and really brought something that can't be replaced, you know, like, yeah, like some of them are still like just as heartbroken. Like some of my uncles who had known Tony, you know, who'd been, he'd been married to my grandma for 50 years, you know, like some of them are just so, so heartbroken mm-hmm. to their core, you know, and it just, it it hurts, you know, it hurts to see, but it's also like, we're all very sad together you Hmm. know and like when we reflect back and like look at old photos of like tony partying and with a drink in his hand as always it just it it feels good to look back and to see like oh there was a lot of joy in these days yeah you know and like when we're 40 we we will look back on this you know hopefully we'll i don't know hopefully like a TED talk or something like that at this point (laughs) you know but i think we'll look back and we'll like I love coming to your house, you know, like I love spending time with your parents. Like I will come over to your house eventually and just spend time with Tammy and Peter because I love them, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. but there's such a richness to that, you know, to just have a space that you can just go to and just like let your hair down and cry, you know, like if I was having a hard time, I know like if I needed a mother figure, like if I needed a mom hug, like I could come, I could go to your mom and be like, Tammy, I'm really sad. I need a mom hug. She would give me one. She, you know
0: she would, yeah, and she's offered to help with the wedding multiple times too. I mean, come on, you know, like I she's know. dying to help. I more. know she is. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be okay. Um, but yeah, no. Um, it Dave, it's I can say that it, it has to some degree always been like that. You know, because mm-hmm. like obviously there's people from like my childhood who are like I love your parents they're just great you know and it's I think really because they really have no expectations for anyone like not even (laughs) not even me like you know like they just just want you to show up and be whoever you are and like they do so much like subconsciously to just like let you be who you are and it just makes me wonder like why am I such a dumb shit like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what happened you know like
1: you're not what? a dumb shit
0: well i yeah uh, that's to be debated oh, i don't God. know I, so okay <laughs> well i was earlier i was talking about how um i am proud of who i am right now you know and a lot of that stems from like i'm i'm really good at my job you like are. i Um, am a really good friend to the friends that I do have. I'm a, I'm really good to my parents, you know, like you're a great uncle um, and brother. Yeah. I, I do my best to be good with strangers and all that. Like, um, I mean, literally yesterday, uh, I took an appointment for a customer who is difficult in a particular way. And, um, this guy was shadowing me. He was learning, um, as i was taking the appointment you know kind of watching the interaction to see like how to do this job because mm-hmm. he's going to be joining the um the, the, te- the tech team yeah and um he was the 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 guy in the appointment was having a hard time because his product wasn't working to his expectations and the fix was a little uncomfortable you know it was just it was a lot to ask like um and It involved him, like, having to do a lot of work to kind of reset up his device. Um, But it did, at the end of the day, it resolved the issue, you know, which Mm -hmm. I was very glad about. But the guy was like, yeah, I'm, like, three seconds away from throwing my phone fucking away, blah, blah, blah. And, like, I have a hard time remembering my passcode because X, Y, and Z and all this. And, you know. um,
1: I feel like you are so good at your job because you are such a good listener.
0: Yeah, yeah, and the the tech, so the guy who was shadowing me afterwards, like, you know, after every appointment, if you're shadowing somebody, you're supposed to ask, hey, did you have any thoughts, feelings, feedback about, like, that appointment or anything like that, and uh, after that particular appointment, he was like, I was really glad that that guy got you, um, because... Clearly, he was having some issues that were more than just the tech itself, you know. Um, and I'm glad you had the patience to like kind of keep him from going off the ledge and like you know having it become like a bigger issue and all that. Because mm-hmm. I've seen he was like I've seen other technicians who just focus so much on like the technical side and the aspect that they don't like on in that as in that aspect that they don't like give enough grace to actually explain like why it's going on and what we need to do. And like, you know, I I just like, you know, when, when people start talking like that and like clearly like they're, they're frustrated and it may not all be frustration with just the tech itself. You know what I mean? Like it may be that something's going on in their life right now and that this tech not working is the last fucking straw, you know? Um, And being able to just like, very compassionately like guide people along and like I gave this guy like tips on how to set it all back up and like I, I made sure like of like certain details would all like come back and you know um I made to sure like made sure to explain like really clearly like everything that would have to be done you know in order to fix the problem um so the guy was like um the uh the tech who was shadowing me was like I have a, an, an enormous amount of respect for you um, for like how you handled the situation. And I, and I, I value you as a resource like on this team now. Cause like I've seen how some other technicians do it. And like, I really respect the way that you went about this and helped this person. Aww. You know? Um. So yeah. And that warms my
1: heart. And that's
0: the thing is like, it brings me joy to fix things, you know? And, um, honestly just giving a little like not even just like the tiniest amount of effort to listen to people like and really listen into like what they're not saying you know with their frustrations and with you know the way they're behaving and like paying attention to like body language and certain things it's like there's
1: that scorpio moon just studying people left (laughs) and right because my Taurusness does it too like where i see like the that someone's having an issue and I'm trying to resolve it. But then I know that there's more behind the scenes that's going on. Mm -hmm, That's like, this mm -hmm. is actually nothing to do with me. Yeah. You know, this is everything to do with something else that you're, you're dealing with. Like, do you want to, do you want to unpack that a little bit?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, and you don't even necessarily need to unpack it. You just need to kind of treat them a certain way to let them know that like, hey, this is a safe space, like, hey, I'm here to help you solve your problems, like, hey, like, I care about what you're going that was, through, That's you know? honestly
1: the greatest joy about working at Apple, is when you can do that, like, where you can solve an issue, and then also provide someone, like, with something to help them on their way out, and then also just give them, like, a little grace and a little space to just kind of—I don't want to say like fall apart, but like because we've seen some meltdowns in the oh, store. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. like just being able to just give someone like a little bit of a better day. Like I know for a fact, like I've I've seen you in action. Like I know that that customer who had you left feeling like I feel better. Like mm-hmm. I understand what my t- what went wrong with my technology. I understand how to do this, and also like I just had a really good guy gave a shit
2: mm-hmm, you
1: know and that's mm-hmm. all anyone really wants is just someone to give a shit and not even and not pretend to give a shit just to actually give a shit
0: yeah because like literally i love to fix things you, you know do? i don't like fixing people i'm not good at that no. like i don't <laughs> like it when people are difficult you know and there is a certain line where it like i tell people often like hey i understand your frustration but you're not allowed to be disrespectful to to me or to us You know, like, and that's something that the, you know, company has been very vocal about recently, especially with like changes with COVID, you Uh know, Um, uh, we don't have very many people um, complain about the mask mandate, but um, some people do, you know, and uh, we just ask that they do their business outside the store where in the mall they can not wear a mask if they choose not to, Uh you know. Um, and sometimes we had one guy like rip into one of our guards, and it's just such like it's like there's so much else going on for you to be like going off on a stranger like this. Are you you know when like people are shitty to waiters, you know?
1: I I honestly there is. A part of my brain when I see someone being I haven't seen it in a while, but when someone's being disrespectful to a server, there's a part of my brain that literally flips from like being calm, cool and collected to let's fucking go. Mm -hmm. And it is a not cute. I've never had to unleash it. I've never had to put someone in their place, but do know that if I ever show up at your restaurant and you work there and I know you or even if I don't know you, I will be that customer to start a fight if I have to with someone who's being disrespectful.
0: Yeah, because you know, there's no place for disrespect in business. Like, you Ever. Can
1: be, you can, there's space
0: for frustration. You Absolutely. know, Shit doesn't always work out. Like, I get that, you know, but like there is a line, there's a border where it becomes disrespectful and that's where you need to fucking stop, collect your shit shit take a deep breath and and then come back come back yeah exactly like come back when you actually are like a little more level-headed you know Mm -hmm. um it's you know it's not like you can't be forgiven or you you know you there's no room for growth for people like Mm -hmm. allowing people to grow too is a big part of you know um being connected is like yeah, I think maybe when you first met me, I was still a little brittle, you
1: know? Or like, a little bit, yeah, a little bit. Like, I was like, there's something to this guy. Everyone's yeah. like, "He," I never hear, get to talk to Christian. He always has his headphones in, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I see it. I seen it. Yep. What time are we at, by the way? Um, we are,
0: Ooh, we're at about 80 minutes. Wow. So, yeah, this has been a long one. This but... is a long one.
1: Um, but I do have a question that I'd like both of us to answer before we like end it. You okay. Know? Okay. So my question to you is: is if somebody was like first starting learning how to be connected with someone, like what is the one piece of advice that you would give to them?
0: Ooh, um, easy. Active listening. Yes. Um, that is the biggest uh, tool that I use. You know, and like. I'll even eavesdrop on people to try to get a note, try to get to know them a little bit better. I wouldn't recommend that. Like that's probably a little like over the line. But maybe when you're in a discussion with somebody, active listening, you know, um, and listening to understand instead of respond. Yes, that is cliche. Mm-hmm. Um, but is it? Um. Yeah. I don't think so. Oh yeah, you hear that all the time in like self help stuff. Um, I mean, in self
1: help books, yeah.
0: Yeah, but. Um, the i think the point of active listening is like you're you're really l- trying to learn you know like and you have to have like a a perspective of like i want to learn about this person i don't want to just like you know hear something that they say and then react and like be the center of t- of attention afterwards you know mm-hmm. what i mean um like it's more about um bill nye says everybody knows something that you don't um and if you can kind of operate with that as your guiding principle um you will definitely be a better active listener um because yeah maybe somebody might be a little bit like coarse or shitty or you know stupid honestly <laughs> stupid like Um, but I guarantee you, they know something you don't and Mm -hmm. they're an expert at something that nobody else is. And, um, so if you really do, um, listen to try to find, you know, what that is and really understand this person and how they came to be, um, then you will enrich your life. Yep. Um, and you can then kind of better filter how connected you want to be to them, you Mm -hmm. know, because like I may have, you know, a a connection with a coworker where all we do is say, what's up? You know, (laughs) that's it. Like, that's all we do. Um, And that's good for us, you know, because anything outside of that, it's like, we don't really have anything else in common except for we just acknowledge each other's existence, you know? Um, But then there's people like, you know, you can just, Like when I met Taylor, like, um, I just right away knew that she just said exactly what she meant. And like, I just needed that in my life. You know, I needed somebody who, um just no bullshit like says what they mean and means what they say and uh, don't make me cry no it's it's something i respect and you know you're not the only one don't don't think you're the only one who does that okay wow (laughs) me
1: down a fucking notch why don't we (laughs) racist and rude god damn it (laughs) well
0: (laughs) all right taylor so what's one thing that you think People could benefit from um with connectedness or what's the key for you
1: the key that i would say is first ask your question are you vulnerable with yourself Hmm. like if you get a piece of paper and you're to write down every thought that you had like just in that moment could you do it unedited and could you not fill yourself with shame You know, Mm. I think the very first step in connectedness is understanding that more more than a good percentage of us share the same shame that we all think, you know, and I think you just I think most people just need to remember that, like. You and whoever else you're trying to get to know probably have the same shame and probably feel the same way as you do. They're probably very nervous to show you their crunchy bits and to show you, like, I am this way. I've gone through this and I've gone through that, you know. But another thing to know in connectedness is don't blame yourself if it doesn't work out. Mm. Whether that's, like, making a new friend, whether that's trying to open up at work, whether that's trying to do anything, really yeah, yeah. like any type of person that you're trying to get to know just remember if they're not feeling you that's okay they're just not for you
0: yeah absolutely see you take a much more active approach to uh connectedness i'm very passive you are very passive incredibly passive i just let it kind of slowly seep in i just and try i'm to like be... you're here for life now
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> really what i am yeah i even remember like one of my the like a a coffee shop I very rarely go to I remember the girl that works there like I try my hardest to like remember her Mm -hmm. you know and her name and stuff but I think for me I just very much am like I just want to be a little bit of a joy to somebody and each every person that I interact with I'm like I hope you remember me yeah, you, you are know.
0: very, like, yes, you are very genuinely sweet to, like, every time we go to restaurants and stuff. Like, you make friends with the waiters <laughs> and the busboys. trying to bus get us
2: boys. free food, that's
1: yeah. why. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Don't be transactional like yeah, me. Yeah. But no, I genuinely love to talk to wait staff because yeah. I want people to just remember... To take off your own mask Mm -hmm, You know mm -hmm. That's the thing that I do Is I'm like If I keep this mask on I don't get to know this person
0: Yeah you know. See see, My philosophy is like No
1: keep that mask on bitch Until uh, uh like
0: It's ready to come off Cause I wanna Yeah I wanna make a show of it You know what I mean Like when I take that mask off I want you to be like Holy
1: shit Oh my god Honestly Honestly (laughs) Big facts Cause when I started to get to know you I was like Wow you're kind of an asshole
0: (laughs) Well yeah, Big low facts. key. Yeah. No, I'm I'm a little I'm a little um hmm well how would I put it? Is like um I guess protective of the things I love. You, you know? So like if somebody is coming for something that I love, I I am very like eager to be confrontational. Um and <laughs> eager <laughs> Either. Yeah, I'm just so excited to be confrontational. Um. That's
1: that's honestly me. Sometimes I'm like, I'm like always at the ready that somebody's going to say some shit or say some slick mm-hmm. shit. And I'm like, Oh, you ready to go?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 All right. We'll see how this goes.
1: Okay. i see you over there.
0: Yep. Doing uh, your thing. But it's been a pleasure, Taylor. Always. Thank you for having me on this podcast. It's, as we're, I'm
1: literally at your house.
0: I'm, I'm curious, like so I'm looking at the waves right now, and I'm trying to see who talked the most. And it might be me. I might have talked the most this podcast. I don't so give you, a shit. You want to you tell another story No. To, ta- to tap us off? No? Okay.
1: Um, well, yeah, no, I don't have a story to tell you about connectedness.
0: No. Well, well, okay. Let me ask you this. What's your favorite connection to, to make? I mean, we've talked about Ooh. Bus Boys. We've talked about, I my mean,
1: favorite connections to make.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Let me, let me ask you like a, a question so I can give a better answer. Is it like anytime or is it like my favorite connection that like story? That you're asking me. Ooh,
0: you know, I, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna hear your personal story. Your favorite connection for your, like, as a personal story. Oh,
1: probably the girl at Costco that I just randomly became friends with, and sometimes text with still. <laughs> oh yeah, nice. Yeah, I was at Costco. I needed to get. um I was just signing up for a membership for Josh and I because we needed one, and i was just talking to her we were just having a lot of fun and stuff she's like you're the most fun customer i've ever had i was like girl that's because i like if i've worked customer service excuse me so like i know how much this job fucking sucks Mm -hmm. so i want you to have a good day and also everyone deserves a little fun in their job Mm -hmm. as well um She was so kind. She was so nice. She was telling me all this, like, information that I actually didn't know about Costco. Hmm. And, yeah, we were, I was like, she was like, yeah, I just moved here and stuff. And I was like, oh, let's hang out. Like, let's go to Avanti. Avanti's my favorite place Mm -hmm. to take people as you know it's
0: fun yeah Mm -hmm. it's so
1: much fun even if you don't drink there the atmosphere is just fun to people watch that balcony
0: that they have oh yeah with the perfect view of the city from there exactly that's cool um but yeah no that's that's,
1: my uh, it's my favorite but my favorite type of connections to make are definitely like if I'm gonna be like in and out of a place. So I'm just like joyous, I'm just kind, mm-hmm. you know, like I cut I to call my bank cause I need to update like my billing address and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like asked the customer service person cause I got an email that like my bank came out with like a new travel credit card. So I was like, hey, I got a question for you. And I want you to be honest. How do you feel about your credit- travel credit card? And she's like, well, I don't have ours. I haven't heard really great things about it, but it only came out like a couple weeks, so. Um, I'd say wait a little bit before getting it. And then, you know, I'll, if you call back and get me, I'll give you a different answer. I was like, respect, mad respect, (laughs) bitch. And that, and those are like my favorite types of calls and connections to have. It's just like, let's just put down our mask for a minute. Yeah, definitely.
0: No, I definitely sense that. And I also sense that you, it's very important to you to, to have fun. You know, oh, yeah. um, that's that's seriously not one of my values. Like, <laughs> you know, like I, I like having a laugh, but like I'm very much more focused on like enlightenment overall. God, oh, that's embarrassing <laughs> to admit. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I
2: can't that was so funny.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's awesome that you, you know, like um, are so so invested in other people's like ha- like how much fun they're having you know what I mean like when we went to the oh wonder concert like you know like you were definitely there and like trying to hype everybody up and like yeah. <laughs> get us like excited and like yeah it worked like, I, had a- I had a great time you that was know? a good concert it was that was um, a really good
2: concert mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm but um yeah so uh any any last words for our listeners you, you typically have, like, something nice to say to them.
1: Yes, I heard this on Brene Brown's podcast, so copyrighted by Brene Brown. Hopefully we don't have to, have to edit this out, but the thing that she said that ended, she ended her podcast with that really hit home for me was be vulnerable, be weird, and be brave.
0: Mm, bars. I love it. All right, well,
1: uh Let's go I eat. Think... Your mom made uh, pork chops. So I'm hungry.
2: Yep, let's do it.
1: All right, bye, y'all.
2: Bye.